Thanks for checking out this sermon at New Beginnings. As a church, we exist to become an authentic, biblical community. That transforms our city and impacts the world. With the gospel of Jesus Christ. We want to make you aware of a few things before we begin. First, we would love to connect with you on our website. NBBCTX.org. There you can find more information about who we are. Additional resources and links to our social media network. As well as an opportunity to give. To what God is doing in and through our church. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, good morning, good morning. Glad you're here today. Today is a special uh, Sunday for us. Uh, as many of you know, we are one church. We meet in two locations, um, and rarely do we do this, but today we are joined uh, live in Gilmer from our Gilmer campus there. And so, Gilmer, we want to welcome you uh, to the service today. I'm going to ask Spring Hill family, put your hands together and welcome our Gilmer campus who is joining us this morning. Well, my name is Todd Connitz. I serve as one of the lead pastors here, and it's a joy to have all of you here in Spring Hill as well as Gilmer. And uh, today is going uh, to be a good day, uh, kind of a vision day for us here uh, at uh, the church. And so uh, we're, we're excited about things that we're going to be talking about and then um, uh, some people we're going to be introducing you to uh, just a little later. This is a big week for me. Uh, this uh, Two days ago, I had my 42nd birthday, and so I had uh, this, uh, this, this time of mourning uh, this last week, 42nd birthday. And uh, it's funny because the older you get, the more you think about the brevity of life and the fact that you are getting older. And it uh, reminded me a couple of uh, months back during the, the Super Bowl, um, Maroon 5 did the halftime show. And, and during the halftime show, uh, Adam Levine, the, the, the lead singer uh, of, the, of, the, of the band, he, he takes his shirt off for some reason during the show. And my, my soon-to-be 14-year-old daughter saw this, and she was like, that's disgusting. <laughs> and I'm like, I agree, but why would you say it's disgusting? She's like, because he's old. He's like 40 or something. And, uh, and so I told her, I was like, well, baby, I'm about to turn 42. She's like, exactly. And uh, so I have been driving her to school every morning with my shirt off just to make her pay for that. Um, and by the way, just so everyone can know, and uh, at our Gilmer campus as well, tomorrow, uh, Pastor Connor will turn 42. And uh, y'all say happy birthday to Pastor Connor right now. Ready? All right, that's awesome. And he is born on April Fool's uh, Day. And so I always tell him it's the joke that keeps getting told every single year. Uh, he did tell me, though, if you, if you want to get him something for his birthday, uh, you can make the checks out for $100. Um, but you have to make it out to Todd Conant. So that's kind of the rule. Uh, no, no, seriously, there's something about having a birthday that just makes you aware of the brevity of life, that we're getting older, and it kind of really puts you in a place where you start thinking to yourself, what am I doing with my life? Am I living for what counts? Uh, with every passing year, there just seems to be this new reality in my own heart of, man, time is limited, I'm not promised tomorrow, and so there's this precious thing called life that I've been given, and, and the question is, what am I doing with it? Am I, am I leveraging it for something that legitimately matters, something that's going to matter um, when I'm gone. You know, I, all of us should want to live a life that would outlive us, right? Or we would leave our imprint, leave a mark uh, in the world that would, would make a lasting impression, a lasting mark. There's a, there's a poem called the, the Summer Day by Mary Oliver, and here's the last phrase of this poem. There's a simple question that she asks. It says, tell me, what is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? Tell me, what is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? Now, here is the great news for followers of Jesus in the room. 
is that we have an answer to that question. In fact, there is this invitation that's been given to us by Jesus, the one that we follow, and that invitation is to join something that is so massive that when we join this work, it will matter not just 10 years from now, not just 10,000 years from now, not just 10 million years from now, but throughout eternity that there is something we've been invited to be a part of that, that will, will take what little time we've been given on this planet and, and, and eternity will echo because of what we've been a part of. And that is the great commission, that this mission that God has given us to take Jesus to the world. And when we see this in Matthew 28, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, that this is the great invitation that Jesus has given us, that we, as the redeemed, would be invited to being those who would champion the message of redemption to people who are far from God, so that what we enjoy in regards to a relationship with God, they too might enjoy. And by the way, when those lives are changed by the power of that message, their lives are changed forever, which means your life can be leveraged if you choose to join in on the mission to make a difference for all eternity. Because by the way, your job may not matter in 10 years. It certainly won't matter in 10,000 years. We think about the, 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 even the, some of the, the, the hobbies that we have that we enjoy. Are they going to matter 10 million years from now? The answer is no. Um, the, who won the NCAA tournament this year, even if it's Pastor Connor's Red Raiders? It will not matter, Right? 10,000 years from now. Now, if the Razorbacks won, that's a different story because that would take an act of God, all right? That would be a miracle. <laughs> but uh, here's the reality that God has invited us in to play a part in this mission that he ha has crafted. And, and, and by the way, you, you and I, we, we're joined together in this thing called the church. The church is not a meeting that you attend. It's not a place that you go. It's, it's a people that you belong to, and it's a movement that you're a part of. And, and, and God's primary vehicle that he is taking the message of Jesus to the world is through the local church. So listen, we've been invited to play in something that's far greater than just our little life. We've been invited to play in the greatest story known to man. Amen? And so th this is what we get. So grab your Bibles real quick. Acts chapter uh, 1, verse 8, is, is where we're going to go this morning. We, we have a very, very specific vision statement here at New Beginnings. Our vision statement is based upon the mission that God has given His church. The mission that God has given His church is to go and make disciples. And so what we've done is that we've crafted a statement that's a vision statement for us that really helps summarize how we're going to fulfill the mission that God has given us. So let me just give you this while you're turning to Acts chapter 1. We're going to be in verse 8. Let me just give you the vision statement of New Beginnings. It's very simple. It's to become an authentic biblical community that transforms our city and impacts the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. To become an authentic biblical community, let me unpack that just for a moment, is that our desire is for New Beginnings to be a place where you can come in with your baggage, you can come in with your struggles, and you can be honest about where you are spiritually, knowing that there is good news in Jesus that's going to transform you from where you are into who Jesus wants you to become. Amen? I've been a part of churches where you've got to put the face on and act like you got it all together and you got to go in and pretend like, man, you, you don't stumble, you don't fall, you have your life all together, only to know inside, I don't have it together, but I think everybody else does, so I've got to suppress that. We don't want that here. What we want is for you to come in and say, you know what, I got bumps, I got bruises, I got baggage, I got struggle, and it's real, and you can come and build relationships with other people who are going through the very same thing. That's why we say authentic biblical community. 
is because we want to journey together. We want to build relationships where we're known, where our struggles are known. We want to build relationships where we know the struggles of those around us so that together, as we get honest with one another, we can move toward um, holiness together. So, so this is why we have life groups. These are small groups that meet every single week uh, here. If you're not in a life group, that's one of the best parts of New Beginnings uh, is the fact that you can build relationships and experience the authenticity uh, of what the gospel allows in our relationships. And so we want you to be a part of that. So we have authentic, we have community, but what holds it all together is the Bible, right? Amen is that we want to have our lives built on God's Word. This is why in Gilmer, every single week, Pastor Connor is going to grab God's Word, and he's going to say, open it up to, and he's going to preach the Bible. And here in Spring Hill, every single week, no matter who the communicator is, we're going to preach the Bible. In your small groups, we're not going to preach philosophy or human reasoning. We are going to discuss and work through the Scriptures because the Bible is the authority of New Beginnings Baptist Church. Amen? So to become an authentic biblical community that does something, what do we want to do? We want to transform our city. We want to impact the world with the gospel of Christ. That we don't just want to be a church that's in the city of Longview. We want to be a church that God uses to see the city of Longview transformed. We don't want to just be a church in the city of Gilmer. We want to be a church in the city of Gilmer that transforms Gilmer, Texas. And wherever else God sends us. And then we want God to mobilize us around the world. And so uh, about nine years ago, um, we, we preached a sermon series called The Ripple Effect. And that Ripple Effect series was, in essence, that's when we launched this vision that I've just described to you. And when everyone left that service, they were given a rock and, and, and to hold and kind of remember uh, the vision. And, and what we said is, is that we want to see God make a, 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 a transformation in this church and to, to make a difference not only in us, but this, this like a rock falling into a pond would, would have a ripple effect where the waves would go far beyond where the rock landed. That what we're praying for is for God's uh, glory to land here in such a way that there's a ripple effect that changes East Texas and ultimately the world. And by the way, the fact that we we're talking to a, 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 a campus that's in, Long, in Gilmer, rather, uh, is the evidence that that ripple is taking effect. Amen. So where does this come from? Well, Acts chapter 1, verse 8, is where we see this vision rooted. Look what he says here. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. He says, but you, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. Now, this is the mission and the purpose that Jesus has given us as his people. Now, now, listen to me. The call of God is to simply go and be witnesses of Jesus. This is why he says, you will be my witness. This anchors on, on Jesus. And I love this because he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So he's given us this mission, but there's a lot of yous in the room that make up the us for the mission. Amen. So, so eyes right here just for a moment, okay? You, 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 you will be witnesses. Jesus is speaking at this particular moment to a group of disciples that were misfits, that were not really that educated. In fact, when he was writing, when this was actually spoken, what, what Luke records here, Jesus is speaking to a group of men that abandoned him when he needed them the most. And now he is uh, here uh, on the mountainside with them, resurrected, looks these men and women in the face and says to them, you are going to be the hope of the world. You are going to be the witnesses. You are going to be the ones 
that changed the world, that see the cities transformed and see the world impacted with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So listen here, New Beginnings family. Listen, here's what we need to know. In this room, there's a lot of yous that make up the us, which means every single one of you who say, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, this is a mission that you have received. And collectively together, we run after it. Amen? And so I want us to look in this passage of Scripture and, and see this reality that you, listen, you have been saved so that you can be sent. Now listen, let me tell you the Baptist way. You know the Baptist way is? You, you've been saved so that you can sit. Right? You, you've been saved. We, we, I know Jesus. I've given him my life. And so now what do I do? I know what I do. I come to church and I listen to Pastor Todd and Pastor Connor yell at us every week. And then I go out and try to implement those things that I'm learning. And then I go to a group and I sit and I listen to people talk about God's word. And I just learn more, gain more, get more information. No, 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 no. That's not the call of God on your life. The call of God is not you've been saved to sit. You've been saved so that you can be sent on this mission. And so this is, this is the great call. So let me give you three statements here that help us understand not only what we're called to do, but how we're going to accomplish this mission that God has given us. So let me get you to write three things down. The first is this. Here's what we've got to understand if we're going to fulfill this mission and vision. We've got to understand that the Holy Spirit is our power. The Holy Spirit is our power. Look what he says again in verse number 8. He says, but you will receive what? That was the weakest power I have ever heard in my life, all right? Uh, let's say it again. And you will receive what? Power. Now that's powerful right there. And you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. So you will receive power. So here's what Jesus is saying. That this mission that we have been sent on and to advance, advance it is, 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 is comes with a supernatural power. It's given to us, but there's also a supernatural empowerment that we received to accomplish it. It's the very presence of the Holy Spirit inside of us. That he doesn't just say, hey, hey, you've been given this mission, go figure it out. He says, no, you, you've been given this mission, and with this mission, I'm going to give you a supernatural power that's going to enable you to accomplish this. This falls right in line with what we see in Matthew chapter 28. Listen to what Jesus says in Matthew 28, known as the Great Commission. Verse 18, he says this, and, and Jesus came and said to them, now listen to this, all authority, all authority, I say all authority, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So in essence, Jesus is resurrected. He's standing with his disciples and he says to them, hey, hey, men and women, I want you to hear me say something. All authority, every bit of authority. There is no authority in the universe that is there that I don't possess. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, the one that you follow. Every bit of authority and power has been entrusted to me. And then he says, and go in light of that, you go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then the last phrase, don't miss it, and behold, I am with you in always, even to the ends of the age. So what is Jesus saying there? All the power that you'll ever need to accomplish the mission has been given to me. And under that authority, you're going to go on this mission knowing that the power for it is in my presence that is going with you. And you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. It's, it's, it's amazing to me that the Great Commission is this this, this, this declaration that you need to go and make disciples, go and change lives, go and take the message of Jesus to the world. Yet, what Jesus says to his disciples right after giving them the Great Commission was what? 
But before you go, you need to go to Jerusalem. You need to go to the upper room and you need to sit and you need to wait. Why? Because I'm going to pour out my Holy Spirit upon you. So, so it's fascinating to me that he says, go make disciples, but make sure you do so with the power of the Holy Spirit. So before you go, you need to wait. Church, listen to me. We need to understand that the power to advance the vision here at New Beginnings Baptist Church is not found in the programs we offer, the personnel we hire, all right? It's not in the places that we build. It is in the presence of God who fills us and dwells in us. See, here is the reality, church. Here's what I want us to, to wrap our minds around. Is that the Holy Spirit wants to infuse us with his presence so that he can use us for his purpose. That the Holy Spirit wants to infuse us with his presence so that he could use us for his purpose. This is why we must take fasting and prayer seriously as a body of Christ. This is why we must seek God's presence, listen for his voice. We must obey whatever he says to do. We should do that, right? Because that is how you keep in step with the power of the Holy Spirit is just to do what the Spirit says. I just think about this. Think about this. How does a group of men and women, if you read the book of Acts, you see these, these misfits of, of men and women who failed Jesus right before his crucifixion who aren't educated, they're not the most popular men and women. They're not the most wealthy of individuals. They have very little influence in their community, and they turn the world on its head to the point of which 2,000 years later, we're standing in this room talking about them. Like, how does that happen? Like, like how, how, how does that happen? Let me tell you how it happens. They waited on the power of the Holy Spirit, and the Spirit filled them and was able then to give them what was lacking so that they can accomplish the mission that God has given them. Listen, God wants to use us the same. This is why one of the things that we do once a month is we have this event called Beyond. Once a month we come together and it's for a time of prayer and worship. What do we do at Beyond? We just pray and we worship. We, we pray for the sick, for healing. We pray that God would uh, fill us with his presence. We pray for souls to be saved. We pray for his leadership and direction in our church. We just get on our face before God for about an hour and a half to hour and 45 minutes, and we just pray and we worship and we seek God's face. Why? Because we understand that the Holy Spirit is our power. The Holy Spirit is our power. This leads me to the second statement we need to get. So not only is the Holy Spirit our power, listen, Jesus is our message. Jesus is our message. Look what he says here in verse uh, 8 again. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. I love this because he's very explicit here. Jesus says, you, here's your job. You're going to get the Holy Spirit. And when you get the Holy Spirit, you're going to be my witnesses. You're not going to witness about you. You're not going to witness about new beginnings. You're not going to witness about a program that you have. You're going to witness primarily about me. You're going to go and tell people what I did for them on the cross and in the resurrection. I mean, listen, our mission is pretty simple, right? So it's to go to a world that desperately needs to hear the reality of this, is that Jesus, God in flesh, came to earth. He lived the perfect life, a life that you and I couldn't live. He died on a cross to pay the penalty for sins that we should have paid for. He stood in our place. He was put in a tomb. He was resurrected on the third day. And if anyone would put their faith and trust in him, they would be forgiven of their sin, given brand new life, and have their eternity shifted forever. This is the message that we have been given. And there is nothing greater we could spend our days proclaiming then that message. Amen? Yeah. 
This is, this is it. You will be my witnesses. Just go tell people what I did in the power that I give you. Listen, this is, the, this is the message. You say, how do we transform a city and impact the world with the gospel? It's this message. That's how we see it happen. It's through this message that Jesus has given us. And by the way, if we, the moment we become as a church, a church that has moved beyond the gospel, is the moment we, we, we kind of realize we're a church that never really understood the gospel. Right? Like the moment you're like, man, we got that down. Let's move on to something else. It's the moment we realize we really don't have that down. So it's like this. It's like, like how, long, how, many, how many of you have been breathing your whole life? Anybody here been breathing your whole life? For the most part, right? Like you ever get to the point where you're like, I think I'm beyond oxygen. I'm good. Been there, done that, right? Yeah, the moment, the moment that happens, what's going to happen? You're going to die. Listen, the, the gospel is our oxygen. If without it, we die. This is the message. This is the message we breathe in. This is the message we breathe out everywhere we go. It's about one thing. It is about Jesus and him crucified and resurrected and life being found in him and him alone. And I know, I know the pushback. Here's the pushback we get. But this is East Texas. And y'all you know, you know, they say about Texas, right? Texas is the, is the Bible belt, right? Anybody heard that before? If, if, if Texas is the Bible belt, then East Texas has got to be the buckle of the belt, right? <laughs> Who's saying everybody knows about Jesus? I mean, like every, everybody that I know in my circle, they, they for the most part would identify themselves as a Christian. They, they know the story of Jesus. And he, so let me just kind of cut to the point here. They know the story, listen, but they are clueless to the power and the reality of the story. There are men and women at your workplace. There are men and women in your neighborhood. There are people in your family. There are people in proximity of you at the gym. And listen, let me just tell you about those people. Those people are clueless. They are clueless in regards to the truth of the gospel. They're clueless in regards to the reality that they've been created for a purpose and that God has a plan for their life and his plan for their life is far greater than their plan for their life. They are clueless to the fact that while their marriage is in shambles, that Jesus wants to come in and bring life into it. They're clueless to the reality that their sin is real and it separates them from God and that Jesus is not just another historical figure, but rather he really died on their behalf. And on the cross, there was an exchange that possibly could take place in their life where their, their sin could be laid on Jesus. His righteousness could be laid upon them. They are clueless to the fact in a couple of weeks, we are going to see churches all over East Texas filled on Easter Sunday. But for most people who attend, they are clueless to the reality that Easter is not just a holiday, that the tomb is in fact empty, that death has been defeated, and if they would trust in Jesus, they would have eternal life. Listen, this is the message that we have been called to proclaim. It is Christ, it is him crucified and resurrected. He is the hope of the world. And we as his people have been sent to go and herald the great news. Is there any, any, any greater invitation than that? Is there any greater invitation? So think about this. You know, we, we acknowledge that the um, United States years ago, we, we, we kind of set on this, this endeavor that we are, we are going to be the first people to get to the moon, right? I don't know some of you weirdos in the room that think that was all kind of a hoax and it really didn't happen, all right? But, 
Remember, we were gonna we were gonna beat the Russians, right? Remember, we we're gonna we're gonna get there first. We're gonna be the ones. And and so what did we do? We sent a team of astronauts, and man, they did what's never been done before. They got to the moon and they got on the moon and what did they do they took the american flag out of the space shuttle and they took it and they planted it on the moon as if to say hey we've been here conquered right i want you to imagine if, if you would have got a call and, and they were just out of the blue you're like you're like I, i'm just a coach i don't know why you're calling me from nasa but, but I, okay what do you have to say we want we need you on this mission we need you to come on this mission we want you to go with us to the moon, and you're like, excuse me, to the moon? Yes, to the moon. We're going, nobody's ever been to the moon. Oh, yeah, okay, but we're going to go. We're going to be the first. We're not going to let Ivan Drago and the rest of the Russians get there first. We're going to go, right? And, and so you, you go. Some of you have no movie culture whatsoever. Um, and all of you are like, I'm in. And they said, we got one job for you. you you're not a trained astronaut. You, you don't know how to even maneuver any of the devices on the space shuttle. We just need you to be the one to walk out and plant the flag on the moon. I'm in, right? You mean to tell me all the heavy lifting's done and I'm, I don't have to be an astronaut? I don't have to be the smartest person on the space shuttle? I'm not trained with you, prepared with you. You're telling me that I get the significance to plant the flag on the moon? I'm in. Well, you know the great invitation that we've received? Listen, here's the reality. There is something far greater than just a man going to the moon. Listen, God, man, came to earth and he lived the life we couldn't live. He, he died the death we should have died. He resurrected three days later. He did all the heavy lifting. He just said, listen, I need you to go and plant the flag of the gospel to tell people I was here. This is the invitation that we've been given. Which leads me to the third statement, which if, if this is true, Jesus is our message and there are people that are dying without it, then here's what we need to know based upon this passage of scripture that forward is our direction. Forward is our direction. Holy Spirit is our power. Jesus is our message. And forward is our direction. Listen to what is written here. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. You see the forward progress here? You're going to get the Holy Spirit's power. You're going to, your message is going to be Jesus. And your location is going to be everywhere. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. I love how Vance Pittman says it. Vance Pittman says, uh, he, he, says um, he says, first of all, I'm going to send you where they hate you. That's Jerusalem. And then I'm going to send you where you hate them. That's Samaria. And then you're going to go where you've never been. Listen, can I tell you the reality? This, this is the mission that God has given us. See, see, what Jesus is telling his disciples is that I'm going to use you right where you are. And then I'm going to send you to places you never imagined you would go. And can I just tell you that that vision and mission that Jesus gave the church is the same vision and mission he's given us. He's going to use us right where we are. He's going to use us right in the, the, the city of Longview. He's going to use us in the city of Gilmer. He, he is going to take where we are, and he's going to allow us to see a city transformed. And then he's going to mobilize us beyond our areas into other communities of East Texas, prayerfully other parts of our nation. And we know he's got work for us to do all over the world. You see, the gospel is something that's on the move, and if forward is where Jesus sent his disciples. And listen, we as his disciples must continue the journey of moving forward. Amen? This is our 
our calling. And listen, church, we must resist this urge, this tendency that we have of just settling in. We've got to fight against this. We can't, we can't come to this place today and go, okay, pastor, I hear you. Holy Spirit is our power. Jesus is our message. Four is our direction. I'm not so certain about that because, man, haven't we done enough? Isn't New Beginnings big enough? It's really, it will be really easy for us as a church to, to say, you know what? We've reached a few thousand people. We've got two campuses. We've got missions all over the world. Isn't that enough? Let's just settle in. We must fight. We were made for more than that. To just settle in and put it in cruise control and say, I, I'm done. I, we've got to fight against this. We've got to ask ourselves the question, if forward is the direction, then, then, then Jesus, where do you have us going forward? What's next? Can I, can I just kind of let you in on some things we're praying about right now? Did you know right now between Marshall and Hallsville, there are well over 200 addresses who have attended or are attending New Beginnings on a, week basis, a weekly basis. Which means that, that, that part of our vision statement is to transform a city and impact the world. That means that we, we need to be prayerfully considering going to where people are coming from and planning a campus there. We have well over 100 addresses from Kilgore every single week attending New Beginnings Baptist Church, which, which says to, to us, we need to prayerfully consider what would it look like for us to start a campus in Kilgore and then begin to ask God for provision. There are places in East Africa where the gospel has very little or no penetration. And the question is, we're in East Africa. We've made some differences in some nations in some uh, remote areas. Uh, but, but here's the question. Are we going to be content with that or are we going to press beyond where we've been and say, God, what countries, what villages, what people groups have you laid before us that we need to run after. Right now, we just got back from a trip to the Amazon, and there are villages all along the river of the Amazon where the gospel is non-existent. But what are we going to do about it? Listen, church, we've got to fight that urge. We've got to fight the, the tendency to just settle in, to just say, you know what? God, we've done our part. Can, can I just get eyes right here just for a minute? Let me just lay my heart before you. What Jesus started with his disciples was a movement, not a moment. What Jesus started with his disciples was, was, not, was not a moment. It was a movement. It, listen, and, and here's the difference. You say, what do you mean when you say a, a, a movement, not a moment? It's really easy for a church like ours to have experienced God's work in incredible ways. For us to say, okay, man, we are overwhelmed, and let's just look backwards and see all the things that God has done. All the things that have been accomplished. Let's just look back and celebrate what was done yesterday. It's really easy for a church like ours to do that. But the moment that that happens, we become a moment and not a movement. But what Jesus came to start was not just a moment where for a season we would see God do amazing things. Listen, 
He is saying, listen, yesterday I did some amazing things, but you have no idea what I have for you tomorrow. And while we rejoice all the work that God has done and is doing, we long for, we look for, and we lean into what he has for us in our future. And the only way we can resist this tendency to turn a movement into a moment is to stay the course and participate in the movement. And a movement moves, right? And the direction is forward. To dream about, what God, what do you have next? Well, how do you want to use me? Some of you in this room, you need to be praying. You need to be asking that question of you. God, what is it? Where, where do you want me to go with my family? How do you want to use me? There, there is an unbelievable movement happening in Gilmer. God is using you in an incredible way. But he's not finished. And this is where we as a church have to decide. Movement versus moment. God's word says, go and make disciples of all nations. Go and be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. Press beyond the boundaries. See what I have for you tomorrow and the next day and the day after that and 10 years from now and continue to take this mission forward. We have that privilege. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to ask Pastor Connor at our Gilmer campus if he would just make his way to the stage and begin the process of leading our campuses through a time of prayer. And here in Spring Hill, I will lead us to a time of prayer as well. You know, if we're going to see this movement continue in the Holy Spirit's power and a message that centers on Jesus in a direction that's always looking forward, here's, here's what that means. There are four prayer requests that we're going to run after just for a few moments. And in a moment, I'm going to call those of you who are especially covenant members and leaders in our church to leave your seat and come and let's just spread out over this altar And I'm going to give you four things that we're going to pray over. The first is this. We're going to pray for an undeniable presence. An undeniable presence that God's Spirit, if if our power comes from the Holy Spirit, then I want to see an undeniable presence of God at work. Here's number two. I want us to to ask God for unexplainable provision. That, that, That just like in Gilmer, that we would just have a church that said, you know what, we're about to close the door and we have this facility and these resources, we'd like to give them to you so that you can start a brand new work. We're praying for that type of unexplained provision where God would just make a way where there seems to be no way and there's no way that we can explain it other than God showed up and gave us the resources needed to do the thing he's called us to do. Here's number three, an unwavering purpose. That we would continue with the movement. We would never get to a point where we just sit down and say, man, let's just put it in cruise control and, and can just can kind of uh, just, just, just settle for where we are. That Rather, the Holy Spirit would never let us rest. You know what keeps us up at night as your leaders? Not just caring for the 2,000 people plus that God has entrusted to us, but for the 2,000 more people that he might use us to reach.
that we would have an unwavering purpose. And then finally, an undivided partnership. The scripture refers to the church as a partnership. We are partners in the gospel together, that we would be undivided in our pursuit of the mission of God. You know, in a church like ours, if you're going to be in the movement, things have to move. And for things to move, things have to change. And so I know that in New Beginnings, there's a constant change always happening here. And sometimes in some churches that can cause division. And we're praying against that. We're praying for an undivided partnership that we would be unified as we move forward together as the body of believers. Amen? And so listen, with these three statements, the Holy Spirit is our power. Jesus is our message. Forward is our direction. I'm going to ask you right now, if you would, just stand to your feet. And I believe this could be a significant moment in the life of our church where we get before the Lord in our earnestness of soul and plead with God to do what only he can do. And so in a moment, I'm going to pray over you. When I say amen, I'm going to ask our our covenant members, our church leaders, to leave your seat. Let's come and let's get on our knees before God, and let's take these four requests, and let's say, God, we're asking you to do what only you can do. We're asking you to move in a powerful way. We're asking you to be at work here. And let's just humble ourselves and say, God, if your power is what we need, then we're asking for it. And let's just see what God might do in the future. Father, we love you. We thank you. We pray now in the name of Jesus that you would move in this place, that you would allow us to get on our face before you, call on your name, and see life change happen in this room, beyond this room, beyond our city, and other communities around us, and eventually all over the world. Because this defining moment where we recognize that you're not done with us. And Father, let us... Let us be diligent in this moment to seek your face. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Church family, as we worship and sing, I'm I'm asking you, let's get on our face before the Lord and let's ask him to do these things in us, through us, for his glory.